You are listening to Gabriel and Lee at the Crossroads. Ladies and gentlemen, we have another exciting episode lined up for you guys. Today we have Jesus Prado. He is the blogger of The Rugged Gospel. Uh, we're excited to have him here with us. He's uh, given us some thought-provoking uh, blogs, thought-provoking um, topics. Um, I really, really hit home when I started reading some of his work, uh, especially about the church and how the dynamics play a role in, in our walk with God and how we interact with each other. And uh, I'm pleased to introduce Jesus Bravo on at the crossroads with Gabriel and Lee. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm yeah. pretty excited to to do this. Been looking forward to it since you guys reached out. And um, let's just get it started. That's what I'm talking about. Welcome <laughs> to the crossroads, and uh, let's see where we uh, where we go from here. So yeah, like Lee was saying, you've got your your blog, and I think for me and and what he was talking about, what Lee was mentioning is very similar in that I think a lot of things that we're trying to tackle and, and discuss through these controversial topics, right? Uh, I think is valuable in that I think we're in a time in history or not history, I guess you could say it that way. We're in a season where it's, it's where we have to make a decision of, of what we believe and we have to put forth our values. And I think, I was talking earlier about, you know, the rock, uh, the truth and, and, you know, the winds and the storm will come, but is your house built upon a rock or is it built upon sand? I think we're, we're at a point where we're about to find out whose house was built on a rock and whose was built in the sand. And, um, if you don't mind, if, if you could just kind of touch a little bit on where everything all started, <laughs> let's start from birth. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, yeah, the, the birth of his idea to start a blog, how, yeah, exactly. how that came about. Thank you. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, yeah, pretty much kind of like you mentioned, um, you know, we're getting into that season that you were kind of talking about. And it's true. A lot of the times we tend to, as a church, you know, kind of move away from those topics, you know. Um, some of them are a little more controversial than others. Some of them, you would know, like different churches, I feel like don't really touch upon or don't like openly talk about specific topics, you know. Um, I know in one of your previous ones, you know, uh, when you guys were talking to Eliseo, I believe it was, uh, he brought up homosexuality, right? And so topics like that, you know, uh, some of the topics that I've covered myself, like I, I covered homosexuality, I covered uh, abortion, so just topics, topics like that, you know, that you might not hear at your local church, you know, being spoken about or being preached about. Right. And uh, I feel like it's very important for us to have those conversations um, as believers. And a lot of the times, and especially right now with how everything is, I feel like a lot of people tend to not be so open to talk about it just because of the backlash that they're going to get, you know, politics right now, for example, right? You, you can't say, hey, like I'm voting for this person, I'm voting for this person because you automatically are just going to get attacked either on the left or on the right or, you know. So I feel like a lot of people don't talk about them like 
for that reason um just to not get any backlash or you know but i feel like as believers we need to start talking about these things and like you said kind of be very straightforward and and know what we believe exactly Mm -hmm. because a lot of people in our churches are also kind of like being i guess you can say like twisted you know like they they know what they believe but they're hearing so many things from you know from the outside pretty much from the world that it kind of messes with their head a little bit and kind of like starts shifting them pretty much you know to the other the, the other side you know and uh, I feel like that's one of the main reasons that like I started the the blog for to kind of just spark conversations you know amongst people um, well go finish with that sorry go ahead no you're good um yeah, I mean, that was one of the main things, um, just kind of like getting people to just have those difficult conversations, I guess you can say. Has there been a topic that you've had the best feedback or like the most like reactions to like positive in the, yeah. in the positive sense? I've had both. Yeah. <laughs> I've had positive and negative. Yeah. Um, on a couple of the topics, uh, for example, uh, you know, abortion, I think was one of them. Um, it was actually like that one was one of the ones that kind of like opened my eyes a little bit and I was like well there's actually people going through different things because somebody reached out to me and they opened up about them you know and like a story that they went through that she went through you know and that kind of like got to me I was like whoa like you know, I was just kind of putting these out to spread a conversation, but you saw the the impact that it had. Exactly. Yeah. So just seeing that, I was like, I gotta keep it going, and like, you know, you never know what somebody else needs, and um, with that abortion one, like, I got both. You know, there were some people that were like, well, like, you know, like, kind of like their body, their choice, kind of thing, and you got some other people, you know, saying like, you know, it's you shouldn't, or some people saying till this point or you know what i'm saying like there's just so many details within the topic but um i think that was one of them that kind of like at least op- you know opened up that someone opened up to me it, it was just kind of like shocking kind of you know and um, aside from that one i did do like a small like series on politics as well mm-hmm. that one got a lot of talk <laughs> yeah you know because i i was the, the whole thing with the rugged gospel that I kind of wanted to do was like kind of stay in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, like not go to one side and not go to the other. And, you know, I was, of course, you know, we have our president right now, which is Trump. Right. And I kind of wanted to give full sides of it. I'm like, hey, it's not all negative. Like you hear in the media, there is some positive things to it. Right. Um, and a lot of people just don't want to see that. And same thing with the other way. Some people that are, uh, you know, his voters or bays or however you want to call it, don't want to see any of the negative, mm-hmm. you know. So in that one, I I did get some feedback on, on both ends as well. You know, I got some positive feedback, some negative feedback, like, hey, like, no, like, you know, we should be doing it this way or we should be saying this way or you can know it's our president we gotta respect what he does or you know different things like that but um, that one got a pretty good a pretty good feedback as well yeah i was gonna say i i definitely it definitely comes across in 
in pretty much all of your your posts as far as like you trying to stay in the middle you want to hear both sides of the issue and you're really at the at the end of the line at the end of the the story you know when you, you do share stories or examples your from what i can gather your approach is always well what does the bible say yeah what is it that this is what we think this is what you know so and so says this is what this other side might um might have the opinion about you know a certain topic but that is something that really stood out for me in reading your material as far as at the end of the line it's okay what does god's word say and as a christian as a, as believers how is it that we're going to apply like you said what the world is saying or what this side is saying mm-hmm. and how do we make sense of of these issues of life with okay what is a, at the end of the day what does the bible say and how do i apply that how is it that i can you know formulate a a, uh, a godly decision and and what, like you're saying abortion um homosexuality or whatever it is you know we want to get to the bottom in a, in a love obviously in a, in a loving way a loving approach as well but um it's definitely something that i commend you for because that's really that's a really hard um it's a really hard place to get to as far as like approaching scripture humbly and understanding that we all have our influences we all have our experiences that that play a role in how we decide decide uh decide things in life but at the end of the day that's what makes us a christian that's what makes us a believer is that whatever it is that you think or believe you're putting that you're weighing that against scripture and how does that stack up how how is it that that makes sense in a in a way to honor god honor you know what i'm seeing in the bible yeah and i mean i think it's very important for us to when we read scripture you know we need to like be careful right we need to be very careful when we read it because are we reading it like with like i feel like i i guess you can say with your mind or like with spirit you know i feel like there's there's a difference in between those two that if you're reading it and you kind of just already kind of creating your own interpretation i guess your you mind's say. already made up yeah. yeah like you are your mind is already made up on something so when you read it you kind of like automatically just put it to that mm. and i feel like if you're doing it like spiritually like god lead me to where you want me to see in this scripture it's very different mm-hmm. and i feel like the approach that we have to take is the spiritual approach which is you know god what do you want me to see through this scripture and what do you want me to get out of it instead of like how am I gonna? I guess you can almost say like twist it to my advantage because I feel like a lot of the times we do that. Maybe we're not trying to do it, but I feel like a lot of the times we do, just because, like you said, we already have something said in our in our head, you know. And yeah. We kind of like put the scripture to where we want it or like where it fits better for us, you know. What's most convenient to our our view, our perspective? It's interesting because I'm been going through Hebrews in it. It's going, I think it's Hebrews 11 and 13 talks about faith. And I think what you're talking about reminds me of that and how it is we're listening to the word and the logos and allowing that to guide our path through scripture. Because obviously, you know, you take, you take the whole New Testament, Old Testament, and you look at context, you look at cross references and you figure out what is this saying because 
you know, let's take for instance the story of Cain and Abel. It's not clear exactly what it's trying to what it's trying to tell us. Yeah. But if you look at and you and you see, you know, God loves a cheerful giver, or you know, so on and so forth, and then you can kind of distill. There's multiple layers to the story of Cain and Abel, even though it's like, I don't know, seven, eight sentences. I think it's only like in one yeah. chapter. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so it's so it's very small, tight, yeah. and it's and it's so deep that you have to spend so much time to to dissect and and discuss and figure out what is this really trying to tell us. That's and right. I think that's what you guys are, are alluding to, and and it's I think that's what's important at the end of the day, right? It's that idea of mutual edification. Yeah, right. Just like just like you kind of said to. Um, the, reading the context, you know, kind of cross-referencing scripture to to see where it leads you, you know, because a lot of the times I feel like we just get the Bible, we open it, and we read. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that normally. At least I know I, I didn't used to do that before. I would just kind of grab and, like, grab the Bible, just go through a couple of verses, and I'm like, okay, I read some Bible today. Like, you know, God loves me <laughs> a lot more now, you right. know, but... We don't get into it and kind of like dissect it, like you said. You know, mm-hmm. it's like we're, we're. I think LSL said it. We're, we're called to discern the the word scripture because you know we have to know from what I'm I'm learning and understanding is we have to learn to discern what is of God and what is of Satan because both. I don't know how you would say it, but basically both voices are speaking to us, right? In a sense, they're influencing our decisions. Are it's like the cartoon, you know, the angel and the and the demon or devil that's on your shoulders. Shoulders. I can't say that word well, but I think it's it's interesting how you know in in understanding what is God of God, then you begin to grow in that knowledge and that understanding. And I think that's what's important, right? Over over whatever, like you, what you guys are saying is like. Whatever it is that you you think you should your pre- your preconceived ah, preconceived notions preconceived notions, but going in there humbly and and saying, well, what what is it that you're trying to tell me today? Yeah, and I, and that's what I see and and what you're trying to accomplish with that blog is you're you're having discussion out loud and you're putting it on paper and you're allowing other people that to see what it is that you're thinking through and that's. Like you said, you know, it's it's not easy, and you're putting you're putting yourself out there at the end of the day. Yeah, and you know, it's it's you're you're exposing who you are and what you believe, but knowing that it it's in with the full armor of God, that's that you're working through and with. You know, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, like kind of like Lee said, you know, it's like, uh, like you said, it is it is it is hard. For sure. It's scary. It's scary, too. When I started, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I should do this. Like, it it is scary because you're kind of, you're just voicing what you believe pretty much. And you don't know if people are going to take it good, if people are going to take it bad, if they're going to say you're wrong, (laughs) or, you know, you you don't know. You also don't know who's going to read it. (laughs) You don't know, you know, like, it's, it's just out there. And once you put it out there, like, anybody can see it, and that's that. But... Going back to it, I feel like it's still new. I think it still needs to be talked about, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, that's why I kind of started doing it. It was hard at the beginning because I was like, I was kind of scared, you know, I was like, uh, maybe I shouldn't put myself out there like that. But I think it takes people doing that, you know, for us to be able to 
grow and not just like individually, but as a church, you know, as a church that God wants us to be, I feel like we need to talk about these things. Uh, yeah, like just churches don't openly talk about it. And I feel like they should, you know, I know sometimes it's a little bit hard because you don't want to, you know, make it too much about politics or say anything maybe you shouldn't say from the pulpit or, you know, all those things. And and I get that to a certain extent, but maybe even having like a class or maybe like, you know, d during your midweek or whatever it is that you have at your church, you can talk about th these topics. These more, I guess you can say, touchy subjects, you know, that maybe you can't fully just express from the pulpit or whatnot, but I feel like they still need to be had and especially at church. So everybody knows what the Bible tells us and what the, how the Bible like guides us to believe, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Cause I think, um, at least for me now that you know, I've been married for almost six years, um, but looking at how had that process from singlehood to marriage and how looking back, I'm like, like you're saying at church, it was, it was basically like, don't, don't fornicate. And that's yeah. it. Like, there's no, <laughs> yeah. there's no further, like, well, what other options do I have? Like, what, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And like, yeah. and, and looking back and, and, you know, being under the pastorship with, with brother Lixell, there was a lot of tools that were given in his classes and, you know, Sunday school and, 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 you know, midweek Bible studies where we did cover books about marriage. We did cover, um, for example, Willard Harley. I don't know if you guys have heard of his books, but it's called, uh, one of his books is His Needs, His Needs, Her Needs. Another one is uh, Love, Bus Love Busters. But all it's doing is like, because he's a, I believe he's a psychologist, but he's also a marriage counselor. So in these books, he has just these, these different tools for people that are married or, or, or seeking marriage. But just basically how to work through your problems, how to, you know, um, basically how to be married and, and what that's going to look like. Because, you know, for me, I I came from a broken home. My parents were divorced. And so for me, like that was one of my biggest like fears of if I get married, there's always that chance. There's always that possibility of like I'm going to end up like my parents, you know, but looking at it now, I'm like, yeah, I, I think like you're saying with, within the church, there needs to be that conversation that's taking place as far as like encouraging young couples that are dating or that are courting to get married sooner rather than later. You know, it's also putting a, for, for young men, putting an emphasis on vocation, on career, on whatever it is that is going to prepare you to be a, a, a husband, a father, you know, there's a lot that goes into it, not just just don't fornicate and get married. Like that's, yeah. it sounds a lot simpler than it is, but there's actually a lot more, a lot more to it. I feel like the, the, the church as well, I feel like kind of with how you're along with what you're saying, I feel like it's more about what you can't do, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this <laughs> instead of it being, this is how you do things. This is right. You know? And I feel like, if we took that route instead of the don't do this, don't do this. And like, just put out the list of things you can't do. It's like, okay, like this is how you get through whatever stages of life and a biblical and godly way, you know, especially with like you're saying, like relationships, like 
it's not really talked about either <laughs> you know one of my actually the first one that i put out was about pornography mm-hmm. and that's another thing that is not talked about in church and it's a very real thing mm-hmm. you know um before writing i actually like sat down with someone that had that problem within the church you know and um guy was like very very open about it you know and uh he said like that that's helped him being that open because you know when when you're saying something to somebody else you have that accountability with somebody else and that openness and like you can call them up and like hey like i'm struggling through this or through that and like you have that person that can kind of like back you up and tell you like you know you don't do this don't do this don't do this stay where you're at stay strong and kind of keep going you know but you know aside from pornography like just relationships in general you know like it's never really talked about within the church and um i did see uh when was it a couple months back i did see uh i was on youtube right and i was kind of like i was watching i think a preaching or something and um one can like you know it gives you those like a preview those, or like a, yeah, yeah the previews are like what you should watch next or whatnot and um there was this guy that was doing like a whole series on relationships and I literally like it's my day off like I was you know hanging out just chilling I watched like the six episodes the like straight the whole series <laughs> like 40 minutes each and I just like watched the whole thing like and it was really good and it was giving a lot of like really good um pointers on like what you should do in the different stages it was telling them like what you should do when you're single Hmm. um how you should prepare you know when you're single and then kind of going into dating and then when you go into you know when you're gonna get married right engagement and then when you're married and what to do there and you know they had uh, in one of the episodes they had you know a whole panel of people in different stages somebody was dating somebody that was single somebody that was divorced somebody that was remarried somebody like just a whole set of people and they had i guess um people sending questions um from online or whatnot and and then they were answering the questions you know they would kind of give it to the perspective like person and just kind of going from there but i think stuff like that is where we all should like you know, as different like churches, we need to do as well as relationships go. Yeah, because yeah, I know you, you covered that topic um, in one of your one of your blogs. I remember you mentioning that, uh, as far as change is concerned, that the younger generation this is how we view things, this is how we want things done in the church, and then the older generation they're set in their ways, they're more traditional, what whatnot. But like you're saying, the young people, the younger generation there's a lot to glean from the older people, the people that are experienced, the people that do have, you know, yeah. that life, you know, life lived out. Um, cause I know, that, you know, like we're talking about, um, garnering perspective or garnering, um, different, different perspectives, but I don't think that's something that we, I don't want to say we don't value, but it's definitely something that we haven't tapped into. I don't think as a, as a church, as far as like, well, let me go ask so-and-so because like you said, I know they've been married or I know they've been divorced or whatnot. So let me go and, and see that. So do you think like, 
like with your blog, like, have you seen that like with other, other churches or other people that. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen that. Um, and I feel like it's very real and from both ends, you know, you have the younger generation that just wants to kind of change everything, you know, make it more modern. You know, you want this, you want that, like we should do this, we should try that. And they don't ask the older generation different things because they think, oh, they're just, they're too old, you know, they're too old school, like they don't want anything like new or whatever it is, right? And they've lived the whole life that we haven't. Right. You know, so at the end of the day, we should seek advice from them. It's it's even biblical, you know. The elders, right? Go to the elders. It says to go to the elders, right? So we should seek advice from them. Why? Because just plain and simple, they've lived a longer life than we have. And they've gone through things that we haven't gone through. So why not learn from them so we don't have to make the mistakes that they made, you know? Mm -hmm. But then if you put it the other way, like, do you have the older generation not wanting any change stuck know? on old and ideas stuck in the old ideas nothing new like we've done it this way forever and they say it works but it really doesn't mm. and it's kind of just stuck you know as, let's say for the church you know maybe it worked 50 years ago right you know but just the world has transitioned and there's different things now Everyone walks around with a cell phone. Exactly. The cell phones, the internet, you know, everything in the palm of your hand, you know. I always give the example of like a car, you know, a car from 50 years ago is not a car from 2020, you know. It's very different, but it's still a car, you know. It's, It's like the same thing with the church. It's like the church is still the same. The core values, the what we believe, we're like... Still there, and that has to remain. But what about the outside? You can almost call it like the wrapping of it, you know, it's just changing that, or I guess revamping it if you can, if you want to call it that. So, in other words, people in the church need to start liking Tesla a little bit more, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's a usually game, that's usually the kind of dad jokes he provides. Sorry, I was, I was. Really- <laughs> I was really like, listening this time. <laughs> <laughs> he like zoned off a little. He's yeah, like, oh, I was like, like <laughs> no, it's it's interesting because uh, Jacob let me borrow, and I know this was a confirmation for them when they decided to start up reconnect or or to start something. Not necessarily for, that wasn't their initial plan, but I know as they were moving along, it was a. Uh, Gosh, now I can't remember. Missional Renaissance. Missional Renaissance. I can't even talk, say it. Missional <laughs> Renaissance. Who's the, who's the author? I, I can't remember. Oh, okay. I have. I should have brought my notes, but I would read through that book, and some like uh, someone that didn't grow up in church, but kind of had my uh, my perspective on the, the what is it the environment and the kind like of what the, church kind of was. yeah what it looked like and reading through it I saw what I was looking for as well. Like, what is it, what is the purpose of church? And I think I've always, and I know we talked about in previous episodes, but what was it that I was looking for? What was that environment? And having read the book, having come and participated and and had these discussions, I think what you're saying is what 
what is the environment we want to provide those that are seeking truth and how do we how do we how do we share that message how do we share the gospel i mean one way is to do a podcast another way is to do a blog like we have to like you're saying we have to figure out how do we reach the audience that we want to reach those who are lost those who are seeking and i think for us we've we found different methods but the core is still there yeah it's it's interesting that we we will never lose that core but we will always figure out how to update the means of transmitting that message if you will yeah. you know it's like uh how do you say it i lost it's like uh, it's like uh the the wine skin you know you you need new wine skin to for the new wine or i forgot how you say it now but it, you have to put away the old man for the for the the young man to come you know it's yeah. it's this continuous transformation that needs to happen because times change and 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 you have to adjust to that but like you're saying the core is still always going to be there yeah no definitely and i feel like kind of to go with that i feel like as time passes and like you know everything starts changing like you said there's also different tools that we can use you know like now we have what we have social media right we have um, our phones you know we have a lot of different things that we can use like you couldn't do this like you know 50 years ago so now there's different ways to reach people there's different ways to to do church almost you know you can find any preacher you want online any video or you know podcast or episode or whatever it's totally different now there's no there's no excuse there's no excuse for you not to be able to listen to a preaching or a study or exactly and i mean i you know i've seen now that you know there's even churches that are like completely online and i'm just like well it's good but is it really congregating like you you know i mean some people say it could be i mean you're still kind of in a way going to church like you're listening to maybe like a a praise team and musicians and then the preaching but you're not physically there so i feel like it's a little bit different but kind of just going back to what we were talking about i feel like another point that we can talk about too is when we were talking about generations right um at some point there needs to be a transition within the generations right um I mean, I don't want to say it in this way, but it's just how it is. They're getting the older generations just getting older. And at some point, death comes by. Right. And. How is the church being. Like left, you know, almost. How are you preparing the new generation to take over? And I feel like that's at least like. The church that I'm, that I'm in, I feel like that's where it's at. And I feel like it's kind of like almost, you can say, like stuck. Because you have the two generations that are not willing to work with each other. Because, you know, the older generation doesn't want to change things. And the old, the younger generation just wants to change everything. And they don't really sit down and talk about it, really. Because I've talked about, I've talked about, um, that with a lot of you know younger people or people around my age and 
we kind of all have the same thing in mind. Like we're not trying to change the the core and our beliefs and the way we do things, but we just know that there's so many more things that we can do, mm-hmm. you know, that maybe the older generation couldn't do because they didn't, they didn't have the right tools that we have now or, you know, things like that. But I feel like if we don't start working together, then little by little, those other churches are going to be left to other people. And are these new people, these young people that are going to be taking over these churches, are they going to be prepared to take the church to where it needs to be or to the next level, you know? Yeah, it's definitely like um, if you look at Moses, his leadership, what it looked like, the things he had to do versus Joshua. Or you could even see it with um, Samuel, then to King Saul, then to King David, like, there's, there's these different generations. Like you said, times change, the challenges change. So at some point or another, yeah, it's definitely, um, at least for the, for the, how do you put it? The old generation to, to age gracefully yeah. and do it in a, in a, the understanding of, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm not going to be here, you know, as long as I want to make all the decisions I want. Yeah. But like you're saying, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of value in, preparing the next generation, the next people that are coming in to, yeah. you know, like you said, eventually they're going to take over whether you want it to happen or not. Like yeah. it's just how life is. Yeah. You know, it's how life works. And at some point it's going to happen. You know, the point is like being prepared for it. And I feel like many times, like we're really not doing it. Do you think that's something that's something that can happen a lot smoother, a lot easier going back to talking about relationships, mm-hmm. like if there is, there's that relationship, there's that trust, would that garner like a, uh, an understanding from both the the young and the old, an understanding of like, like you said, we're not here to change the core of it. We're not here to change the values, but we understand that there's just a different way to communicate. There's different ways to go about, you know, ministry or what have you. You think that's from what you've seen, from what you know, feedback you've gone from from your blog, is that something that is lacking? Is that something that is that like the key to like unlocking that part? That like, I guess, but I don't want to say blessing, but uh, unlocking that dynamic within the church. I think so. I I think it is a blessing to like just unlock that because I think the church is gonna like be better. I think the church will progress and like go to the next level that it needs to go to if we choose to do that you know both generations we both cooperate with each cooperate other. and i don't want to say give in to certain things but it's almost that like you kind of have to compromise mm-hmm. that's the word that i was trying to find like you have to compromise on some things that's just the i think is the only way for both generations to kind of tie in together and work together is to compromise some things not that we have to compromise the word or we have to compromise anything like that. I, I'm not talking about it. The word is the word and that's all it is, you know. We have to follow it. But meaning more of like the way that we used to do things, you know. The way they've been doing it for the past, I don't know, 40, 50, 60 years. You know, it's it just changes. Like it, it just changes as time passes. And I think we kind of, I feel like a lot of the times, like, they're scared of 
of that, of like the change that that we might take the church and just run with it somewhere else and, you know, just go crazy with it and just change everything that the church is about, you know, and I think it's more it's also about trust, you know. It says, you know, in the Bible that you have to teach your child the ways of the Lord. Right. And if you do that, they're never going to go away from him. Right. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like in a way, kind of like that with us. It's like you've taught us this whole time. Now let us go kind of thing, you know. Yeah, because I I do think there is something to it with um, Paul instructing Timothy to regard the the elders of the church as if they were his own father, yeah. as if that's your grandma, as if you know you're related to them. So so honor them, respect them, you know, treat them a certain way. But at the same time, like you're saying, they're yeah, they're, they're definitely a trust or like a mistrust. That's there because I, I remember just visiting like different churches and I remember <laughs> I remember walking in and if I saw that the majority of the congregation was older, the music was going to be a certain way <laughs> or the preaching is going to be the certain way. If it was younger, I'm like, OK, they're probably going to have lights. They're going to have, you know, the smoke machine. <laughs> it's going to be a concert like the worship service is going to be a concert. It's not yeah. like the old traditional, you know, with organ or whatnot, yeah. but. You get the gospel, right? It's definitely contemporary certain, on this yeah, side. You it's know? definitely a certain, and I, I know a lot of churches do that. It's kind of a stereotype, but like they have the eight o'clock service. You know, that's for the older people that wake <laughs> up on time. Yeah, they're there, and it's more traditional, you know, worship. But then, you know, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock, or whatever. That's when the millennials come in, and that's when it gets lit. That's what they get <laughs> lit. They bring, they bring out the electric guitar. Yeah. Right? <laughs> no, no, it's, I mean it, you're kind of right. Like I've seen that, you know. You go into a specific church and you kind of go in, you kind of look around. It's very bright. You have the organ on the right hand <laughs> side and, you know, you're like, OK, it's ready to go. You have that one person that's in the in the front pew just kind of like, you know, just going hard on the prayer. And like, and, you know, like, you know, it's just they're going to go on the organ and everybody's going to go off and, you know, praise breaks every like five minutes. Yeah. And, and then you go walk into another the service, and it's more like you said. It's like the lights are more dim. It's low key. You know, you have the lights in the background, and you got the screens, and everybody's more fashionably dressed. Yeah, you know, you got the <laughs> you got the skinny jeans and the boots, and you know, <laughs> it's it's just it's how it is right styles, now. Honestly, yeah, it's the different styles of. I, I feel like it kind of goes down to the leadership in the church. And it kind of goes down to that, like, because at the end of the day, like, we as people that are being, like, that are congregating in the church, we we have to follow the man that is there as pastor. Right. Yeah. You know, I really, like, I really truly believe that a pastor is put there by, by God, you know, and let me rephrase that. For the most part, <laughs> right, right, it's put by God because I, I. This is another thing that I've talked about. I haven't written a blog about it yet because it's a little it's scary. Too controversial. It Sneak is. Peek. <laughs> let's say let's look at. I'm kind of putting peek. it out there yeah, now, yeah. so uh, you know, let's go with that. <laughs> but um, I felt like, for the most part, I I do believe that you know the pastors I put there by God. 
Yes, is there instances where somebody's put there by man? Yes. You know, we can't go around it. Sometimes it's, it is that. And I've seen it myself. I've experienced it myself. Where somebody was placed there and you can kind of just see how everything kind of was in the church and the different things that were going on. And you can just tell, you know. You can tell when somebody is put there by God and when somebody was put there by man. They have their own ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Own ideas, own vision, or like, I don't want to say they're doing things wrong because I don't want to like sound like I'm judging them or like saying like I can do better or something like that. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. But as leaders, you know, we need to be very, very careful in everything, I feel like. Because not that we're above people, but in a certain way, we kind of are, you know, and we have to be really careful in what we say and how we do things and the example that we're setting for, for people, etc. But going back to kind of the different, you know, the difference in the churches and you kind of mentioned the lights, you know, and the fog machine and all that, like, I think... That one gets kind of touchy because a lot of people like are on one side of it. A lot of people are on another side of it. It's like you kind of mentioned how it kind of becomes a show at some point and you don't want it to be a show, you know, at the end of the day, like we're there to worship God and do everything for God. And yeah, we're trying to give him the best that we can with the new tools that we have, you know, little background lights or whatever it is i don't see it bad you know but a fog machine like that's just something else a little extra <laughs> yeah that's you know <laughs> that's a little too much well, but. yeah i mean because even um just to get back a little bit because you're saying that when a new new leadership is put into place or or what have you again it, i think it really depends on are they going to garner the relationship? Is that going to be part of the process? Because like you said, there are people that their Sundays consist of them turning on their computer or turning on their TV and that's their worship service. But like like you're saying at the same time, what they're lacking is fellowship. What they're lacking is coming together, you know, taking the time, being accountable to somebody else, somebody in a loving, trusting relationship. Like that's, that's, that's a part of the package of, of church. That's part of the reason why, you know, we get together, we grow together, you know, it says, um, iron sharpens iron. So I, I think even within leadership that can take place too, where, you know, leadership is, is there to, to have, you know, the vision and, and have the direction, but at the same time, they need to be blessed as well. They need to be, you know, encouraged. They need to be, you know, giving confirm a word of confirmation or, or what have you. And I, I don't think that can happen without, them really like sitting down with the, the the flock, the sheep, and seeing, okay, what are the needs? Because like we were talking about earlier about like, you know, if there's a lot of young people and they're dating, they're starting to date, they, they want to, you know, cultivate, you know, relationships. If you're talking about something else and, and not the things that they're going through, then you're missing, you're missing the mark. Like, at least in my opinion, like you're missing out on what are the needs of the church for this season or for this time for the people that are there. You know, according to to what 
to what the, they're doing in life. You know, are you doing life together? And I think that's a um, that's definitely a component that that adds to the whole the whole dynamic of church. Because like like even with you know with your blog, I I do think that to an extent you're you're creating um, discipleship. You're creating like these thought-provoking ideas, you know, sometimes they're controversial, but like you're saying, like, it has to start somewhere. It has to start somewhere for leadership to have, you know, I don't know, maybe like a biblical study, Bible study series on, you know, whatever, whatever it is that's going on at the time at the church. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's important for the church to kind of see that, like you're saying, like see where kind of everybody's at and, what the church needs because I feel like a lot of the time, like, you know, you have, uh, maybe leaders like teaching or preaching certain things, um, when the people need something else, right? you know, and I feel like we need to be very like, how can you say it? Like in tune, present, like watchful of like what's happening around the church to be able to kind of, you know, teach or preach the right thing I guess you can say but even if you're not a leader I feel like you can kind of tell like what's happening <laughs> and you yourself can like also reach out to people you know yeah because like I had a friend who he got really into reading the Bible and and I guess he really got into um he grew up in church but he, he had a okay good that's not me <laughs> no, 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 no no he grew up in church he, he kind of you know went his own way but he's trying slowly he's coming back and uh he told me he read all of romans because he found paul really interesting and he's like can we study romans together and i'm like dude i i have no problem doing that but i need to talk to you first about matthew mark luke and john like we can talk about paul all day but if you don't know anything about jesus (laughs) then it's going to be really hard for me to help you understand like who's Paul, what did he go through, and, like, what does all this mean if, like, foundationally, like, talking about, we're talking about the core, mm-hmm. isn't Jesus, then it's going to be really hard to make sense of, like, oh, this is what I think, you know, Paul meant when he said this and that, when if Jesus isn't the core, isn't the foundation, then you're going to miss out. There's a lot of things that you're going to be missing out. You're kind of changing, like, the main character in a way, right? <laughs> yeah, <I guess> so. <laughs> the main character of the movie, right? It's like the main character of the movie here should be Jesus, right? right? And kind of we're taking him to someone else. <laughs> right. It's like you you uh, show up to the movie theaters and you leave, and you you leave to get popcorn and you you show up halfway through the movie. You're like, what? <laughs> what Who is that? What is that? <laughs> I don't understand the storyline now. <laughs> no, that's true. It's yeah. it's important that we remain like. Where everything is at, which is Jesus at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, because even like thinking about you know this, just this conversation alone, and and being challenged by the Word of God, and ultimately, you know, like it says in, in Romans twelve to for our minds to be renewed, and that's a daily like that's a daily process. Like you know, we can like you said, we can have our opinions, we can have our ideas of what this is supposed to look like or what's supposed to happen, but at the end of the day, it's like okay, but what does, what does God's word say? You know, are, are we abiding, you know, are we, are we, um, foundationally, are we connected to the vine? Yep. I feel like a lot of the times too, like it kind of goes into almost religion, 
Mm. You know, like I feel like it, it can go into that or traditions as well. Yeah. Cause I feel like a lot of the times there's traditions even within the church that are not even biblical, you know, and we kind of go into those things and we try and find a way to like somehow make it biblical, but it just doesn't because I mean, it's not there, you know, which traditions, I don't think they're necessarily just bad. I feel like there's traditions that are very good traditions and I feel like we should keep them, you know, we should, of course, if you want to take it over, you know, you don't have to, but I feel like there's good traditions, but also you can get so much into tradition that you lose sight of the word of God, which is where we are supposed to look first, you know, kind of look at the word first. And then if you want to take some of the tradition, then go ahead, you know, but we always have to make sure that the main focus and the main thing that we look at first is, is the word of God, you know, because then it tends to kind of lose. I think I also mentioned that in one of my blogs, um, it was like relationship or, or religion. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, you kind of like see that too, you know. And it's very like, I feel like it's a very fine line. Like oh, yeah. In between a relationship and religion. Because it can get a little tricky. You know, it's very easy to fall into into religion. And I feel like it should be more about the relationship. If, if we focus more on the relationship, then I feel like that's the way to kind of go. And I think that's probably the the biggest critique that people have, right? It's, what is it? Um, religion is the opiate of the masses. The by um, Karl Marx. Karl Marx, and you know, there's this there's this critique that people have about religion. Uh, now, for whatever reason, uh, Kanye's song is is coming to my mind right now. Uh, Which the, one? You know what? Hold on, hold on. time. No, I was I was on my way over here, right? And um, I was almost here, and I I went to the store to grab water or whatever, and and I was texting my girlfriend, right? And I was like, hey, um, I think I want to bring up Kanye. Like, I want to see what like what they have to say about Kanye. <laughs> and it's funny that you bring it up now. <laughs> go, go ahead, Gabriel. Yeah, go ahead, Gabriel. <laughs> You can go ahead and start it. I, I this is lyric that says something about the love of religion, what you've been hearing from the Christians, something like that. Yeah. And he and he was basically saying that I already know I'm gonna get hate from those who um, claim Christianity. Christianity and and claim they are you know Christian and 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 it's funny because we get so tied up in the in the traditions and and what has been established what how do we operate how do we talk about this what is what is um gospel music yeah and i think for him he he broke through that in a way that people were upset as well on top of everything else right his his um controversies and and his wife and everything else yeah and and you hear the critiques you hear the the hate that you know, someone has, and I think it's interesting that we want to just disclaim, we want to disregard somebody only because of their past. It's this idea that, you know, there's the the cancel culture. There's this idea that there's no room for redemption. You you are defined by your your tweet from 20 years ago. You are defined by your actions five years ago. And and I think for me, 
you know, I, I had to move past some of the those critiques myself and really take him for his word and his music. And I think for whatever reason, when you we're talking about religion, I think of that, how religion is is the stumbling block that we, we have to move aside for us to actually f- develop that relationship with God and Christ. Because it's if if it's not through that then then what are we really doing? You know, then then we're just spinning our wheels and we're 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 leaning on and we're we're bringing tradition to say, well, this is why, versus like you're saying, the relationship. It's it's that the prayer. You know, we're looking for that that daily bread. We're we're looking at how do we bring, how do we cleanse the temple so that the Holy Spirit can dwell within our within us. You yeah. know, and I think that's it's interesting. I think that gets lost in the shuffle. I mean, going back to um, our core as, as Christians, and if you look at the Gospels and everything that Jesus said and did, it was always offensive to the religious leaders. It was always offensive to the tradition. It was always offensive right. to, you know, according to the time, this is how we do this. And and like Jesus is saying, I'm not here to start a new faith, a new religion. You know, he said, I'm here to, to um, fulfill the law, you know, which is, which is love. It's, you know, redemption, the redemption, redemption story, um, him being, um, sacrificial, you know, sacrificial lamb and, and the opportunity for humanity, not just Israel, not just the Jews, but for humanity to tap into God's mercy, God's love. And it's funny, like we're talking about, uh, religion and tradition and and whatnot and how like things get, things become a stereotype or things become like we were saying like these ideas, these ideas, these preconceived notions. And that's what, that's what it equals. You know, it, when I, you know, when people read the Bible or, or they have a certain idea, a certain concept. So I, I'm remembering, um, Aaron Rodgers, who's a quarterback for the green Bay Packers. And I think he, I believe he grew up Christian. I'm not remem- remembering which denomination, but I guess he was on his girlfriend's podcast, uh, Danica Patrick. She's a race car driver. But that topic came up about, do you still believe in God or do you still believe, you know, as a, as a Christian? He said, yeah, I grew up Christian. He's like, but he's like, I do question how is it that a loving God, a merciful God is sending people to hell, sending people to damnation where I, I saw it from a um, somebody I follow on Instagram that has like a, uh, they repost like different news stories and what have you, but I, sent, I remember sending them a message because I, I remember them saying they grew Christian as well, but then they saw through everything, you know, Christian Christianity was and like it was hypocritical and it was, you know, all these different things. And then I'm thinking like, oh, yeah, like you you didn't want the tradition part of, of religion. You didn't want that part. But then at the same time, it's like my question to them was like, OK, well, maybe maybe we have the perspective wrong and maybe the, you know, at the core, it's it is like Gabriel is saying it is about our relationship with God, our relationship with Christ. And, and what is it that that's going to look like? How is that going to change whatever it is that you have in your, in your thoughts or your mind or your ideas? How is that going to look any different once you let la- you allow Jesus to come into the picture? Yeah, no, definitely. And kind of going, starting off with what he was saying, right. About that song, <laughs> Kanye, <laughs> about that Kanye song, how he was saying, you know, what am I going to be hearing from Christians, you know, 
Like, how are they going to react to this? How are they going to... And you can kind of see, like, both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, I just looking at it, like, that day that he dropped that album and, like, kind of seeing both reactions. That's what I was kind of looking at. I was like, okay, like, let's see what people are talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, and you had one side kind of, like, you know, like, I, I love the music. Like, I think it's really good. And then you have them saying, you know, let's not judge him. You know, God equally loves everybody. Like, let's give him a chance. You know, all this. Very positive. And then you have the other side kind of like bashing him. You know, like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, you're not, uh, you know, being real. And it's just for you to get more famous and for you to drop another album and you know i have a friend that said oh he's doing that to make up for um vouching for trump because he wore the MAGA hat and now he's trying to get back into the good side of of hip-hop of black culture (laughs) like this is his way of like i'm sorry he's like let me give you some gospel (laughs) yeah yeah exactly no but like you're saying i think i was when i when i first heard of it when i first came out you know the sunday service stuff that was going on i was i was on the fence where i was like all right, I know this guy's crazy. He says and does crazy things, but I, like you're saying, let let me give him uh, the benefit of the doubt. I'll hear the album. Let's see if it's like biblically sound. If like what he's saying is like real, like you're saying, just listening to it, um, it's all about his process pretty, with with it's pretty biblical. Yeah, his process <laughs> with God, his renewal process, his re- redemption, and then he goes into his family, like his relationship with his dad, and like. His, his uh, wife and kids and how like that's number you know that for him is is the point is the whole point is is being obedient to God's word and then it's um, taking care of his family and then you know with his dad it, it's also realizing like I need to I've been forgiven I need to forgive too I need to reach out and so yeah that was definitely yeah. like on the fence at, at first I was like nah this guy's crazy I know he says crazy <laughs> things but <laughs> no I was honestly it was the same thing for me I was like on the fence I was like well you know he's done a lot of crazy things <laughs> like <laughs> you know he just goes off and just talks and talks and talks I mean he still does it yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know he's I think he's been at different churches and like doing the uh, Sunday service and sometimes like they give him space to kind of speak and He's just very like, he kind of goes off and, you know, but at the end of the day, like I was, I was kind of in the fence too. I was like, well, at the end of it, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll see what happens from here to whenever and see how everything kind of goes. But just briefly, like to touch on famous people, I feel like we almost like, we almost put them in a place where like they can be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, it, whatever their past is, like we have our past. Like, what's the difference? You know, um, like God's here to reach everybody, even Kanye. You know, even and anybody else. You know that wants to actually have a honest relationship with Him. Of course, not everybody's going to be honest, and not every famous person is going to be. You know, perfect example I think could be probably like Justin Bieber. You know, like he, he said he was starting to go to church and doing this and doing that. And then, you know, months pass and you see him keep doing crazy things and doing this and doing that. So it's like you can kind of tell like, OK, like he wasn't being real. He wasn't being like honest. 
authentic and authentic about it you know so we never know and i feel like we always have to at least for famous people given the benefit of the doubt and sometimes i feel like maybe people that are in reach to them want to reach out but then we also critique them for reaching out to them and i feel like well then who's going to reach out to them right you know i feel like god puts us in a specific place to reach specific people you know that we can reach that we can maybe connect to good yeah i think that's kind of the beauty too of of everybody's journey or process to to faith is that there's no two i i can't remember the exact quote but c.s lewis puts it really eloquently about if you look at um throughout history if you look at tyranny you look at different different oppressive kings whether that's in the biblical times whether that's stalin or hitler Mao, he's like, they all, a lot of them have very uh, strong similarities. They, they all look, these evil men that did these hor- you know, horrific things, they all they all have a pattern. He's like, but if you look at the saints, the saints of God and, and how people have been transformed, they've been renewed. He's like, there's no two alike. Like, every, like you're saying, everybody has their own experience, their own process. And, and the beauty of it is is God can, can move and he can work in anybody. Even... Even like we were talking with Eliseo, even uh, if if I believe in the power of God, if I believe that that God is faithful and and just and sovereign, I also have to believe that God could have saved Hitler if Hitler repented from his mm-hmm. sins. If Hitler, you know, realized you know this is evil, this is wrong. As even in that condition, you know, if if God can save me, I have to realize and believe that He's also He can also do the same for somebody else. That's right. And it's crazy how you kind of put it right now. Like, I kind of thought about it and I was like, wait, I don't know about Hitler, you know? But I don't know about that guy. I'm just being honest. Questionable. Kind of questionable. Maybe not him, you know, but it's true. I mean, at the end of the day, like, he was another human and he was within reach if he wanted to have that, you know? And we have to really, like, kind of openly think about that and, like, think everybody needs salvation and needs Jesus at the end of the day. Why, like, who are we to say that they can or they can, you know? But, you know, just going back to kind of what we were talking about, like, not so much Kanye, but just in general, like, we can't just, just, I guess, separate different people or, you know, different, I guess you can almost say different races too. You know, I feel like a lot of the churches are not, like multi, how can you say it? Um, multi-generational, multi, multi-ethnic, yeah. ethnical? Like, That's not a word. Multi-racial? I know, I was diverse. like multi... Diverse. Diverse. <laughs> diverse. Yeah, I guess diverse, you know. We're I feel like we need to yeah. do a lot more of that too, you know, have a diversity and because that way we can reach more people at the end of the day, you know. Yeah, I, I think um, just in terms of like the celebrity topic and... and and having unique individuals participate in this journey to faith is with Oscars and and the Grammys and you know they're out there and they're on they're on their pulpit and preaching their their uh, religion religion and and, and their beliefs and their philosophies and their values and it's no different. I mean, people are gonna go and they're gonna they're gonna preach whatever it is that they believe in and it's 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 no different, right? They're a celebrity and they have a platform, but it doesn't mean that they're 
um, what is it? That doesn't mean that they're any more important or they're what they're saying is real or valuable in and of itself just because of who they are. And I think that's part of the, the Carnegie equation or whoever, whoever you put in there that's of higher status, if you will, that's a little bit more well-known is there's always that fear that we're just giving them credence because of their, their celebrity or because of whatever it is that they power that they have based off of their platform and their influence. So I think it's a matter of like you're saying, who is it? As individuals, however, however many people we can get involved in this church, this this kingdom of God, because we all have our talents, we all have something to offer. But can, are we doing that in love and truth? Then that's that's what is going to differentiate someone that's preaching from the pulpit and talking about whatever they're talking about up there, like Ricky Gervais, you know, beautifully critiqued and said. Do you really understand what you're talking about? Because you're you talking about we were talking about earlier about how the leadership they kind of are separate, but they lose ch- they lose touch with their congregation, the, the sheep. And I think that's what we're dealing with a lot of times is that people get into these positions of leadership and they lose touch with with their constituents, with with those that they're trying to serve. And then now you're left with this weird struggle between the leadership as a separate entity from like their actual community you know they're they're like they're untouchable it's almost like the the leadership amongst themselves within that inner circle it becomes a group think or a group thought right, yeah and it's nothing goes in nothing goes out but whatever the next step is or you know project or whatever it's going to come out of here and like you're saying but it's out of touch with the rest of the flock I, at least that's yeah. I mean, that's what that's what it, that's what I'm seeing, and I think that's what I'm hearing. Because, but like you're saying too, I think we look at these people that have the platform or they have the position or whatever, and we think, or at least some of us, or, or we all we're all capable of it, but we think, oh, they're just more enlightened, or oh no, they just have a deeper understanding, or all oh, they have just without thinking or realizing like you're saying like well the holy spirit is talking to everybody yeah it's 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 here to to reach us all and like i was saying earlier iron sharpens iron and like there's no way for you to to get more confirmation maybe it's more knowledge in scripture or wisdom or what have you if you're not sharing these ideas these ideas aren't you know meeting head to head with with somebody else that needs it that and sometimes you might need it you know you might have an idea, but then you, you're having a conversation with somebody else, and then they 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 spark a different different thought or a different idea, which I which I think is what we're doing here with the, amongst the three of us, just it's true exchanging thoughts and kind of have to be open to kind of learn from other people, right? Yeah, <laughs> because you can also think like when I went into it, you know, with the whole blog, like I went into it with like an open mind too, like okay, like this is gonna lead me to also learning because i don't know everything you know i'm just a guy in front of a computer just typing away <laughs> like it's all it is you know yeah. kind of voicing what i feel or like what i think or my opinion or whatever it is but at the end of the day like i know i'm gonna learn too you know like i'm not always gonna be right i might write something that might not be you know right or maybe biblical or, or whatnot, and I might make a mistake, you know, but we have to be open to learning from other people and 
not just being in like just in our own head and like just kind of thinking like I'm right and that's about it you know I mean because you you even touched on that like talking about cancel culture and that we even do that in the church like somebody makes a mistake or, or they backslide or whatever it is and and like you say we can't just put them in a box and think like oh they're done like there's no there's no redemption there's nothing left for them there's no value uh, uh you know what that they can that they can aspire to or that they can bring to the conversation too but again going back to jesus and it's like who like why was he so despised and you know at the time he hung out with the prostitutes and the tax collectors those people yeah. were like the bottom of the barrel of like <laughs> of the people that you could hang out with and have conversation with or dinner with and those are the people that jesus like yeah he invited because they were the ones willing to hear he was, him out he was a pretty radical guy yeah he was a bit of a <laughs> bit of a renegade so to speak uh, what would you say gabe how, how would you describe jesus as a i i i look at this counterculture the i look at someone who's willing to speak it's like the idea of freedom of speech, right? It's the person that's willing to speak truth to power, right? That's 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 the saying that we hear. And there's a reason why we value free speech so much is because if if Jesus did not have the freedom of speech, maybe he did or did, I don't know if that was part of the culture, but he spoke what his father told him to, to say. Well, I mean, they, they wanted to throw stones at him for saying certain things, so. Maybe they weren't so open to the free speech, right? You know, that we're seeing that today where it's like. I'm like, it sounds familiar. Right, I know, it's like Twitter. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's to me, like, I see him the way. It's so funny that you asked me that, but I see him as, like, I see others who are so openly truthful. And, you know, there's different means of being truthful are you truthful in, with love and with, and mercy with spite or anger yeah with spite and anger and anger but i think that's why i have so much respect for those like a ricky javaris or a dave Chappelle, or you go down the line jordan peterson jordan peterson who are who are there to speak truth to power whatever that power is and and it may be left or right but at the end of the day truth is truth and it's gonna it's gonna stand beyond whatever your political persuasion or your ethnicity or whatever it is you're you're always going to need to have that and i think that's what i see in in the in the life and story of christ is he spoke with his father told him to speak and it's like everything that was said was said with a purpose and it had a reason and rhyme to it it wasn't you weren't wasting he wasn't wasting his words or time right yeah (laughs) it's like something i got i have a mission to fulfill and I have to say these truths because that's what's going to be able to help me accomplish this. And I think we don't we don't take that to, into consideration. I know I, I have a hard time doing that. You know, you don't want to upset people. You don't want to ruffle feathers. And, and, and especially if it comes to like, you know, where you work or your family or wherever you find yourself, there's always going to be, I mean, that's why we see what we see on Twitter and everywhere else we see it. You know, it's like, People are not willing to speak because we're gonna we're gonna say it wrong. We're gonna say it badly, and that's the point. I think that's what. Again, going back to what you're trying to accomplish is your and what you're saying is like I'm gonna do it, but it's not gonna it's not gonna be perfect. But I'm doing it nonetheless, and you're gonna learn, and we're all gonna learn through this process. That's also kind of why like that name came from. 
mm-hmm. like rugged, yeah. you know, kind of like it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be kind of <laughs> crazy. It's yeah. kind of going to be up and down. It's I'm not perfect. Like my writing is not perfect at all. And, you know, it's just that's where that kind of like that word came mm-hmm. out of. And then I added the gospel in front of it, you know, and just kind of saying like just very, I guess, raw, you can say like because, you know, like I, I I don't know if you've seen it, but on the bottom, it was like a real Jesus for a real world mm-hmm. and kind of just saying it as is like he was very real. Like when he was here, like, you know, we were mentioning that he would, you know, I said that he was like radical. Right. And just in this past um, blog that I put out, you know, it's, it was two of them about the prodigal son and kind of going back into that, like going back into that story. Like when I was reading, I was like, you kind of find new things in it that maybe you didn't see before, but just how much like he actually, I feel like chose to do things that were going to make those religious people mad. Like on purpose. <laughs> it's, it's like he, he purposefully healed on the Sabbath to yeah, get more exactly. attention, to get more people to, to stir When I was up. reading the, the, that passage and like I looked into it a little bit more and I was like, well, in that time, like, you know, that kind of that route that they were taking. Normally, most people as Jews would take a different route that would go around Samaria instead of going through it because they weren't supposed to associate themselves with Samarians. And Jesus kind of sent the disciples elsewhere. He was like, well, go get some food. So like in the Bible, it says that the disciples left to get food. Mm -hmm. And they went another route to go get the food. And then Jesus purposely went through to get to Samaria and to reach that woman at the well. And... That's just one, but like, there's so many other little details, details, and like, just so many other stories in the Bible that like Jesus actually chose to do those things. I feel for like for a specific reason, you know, to kind of show that it's going to be different from now on. You know, this was the time of kind of how you put it, like he came to fulfill the law, right? And now it's going to be a, a different season, almost you can say. Now everybody's going to be able to, you know, be reached. Mm-hmm. Not like how it was before. So I feel like we kind of have to put that also like into perspective. Like you could almost go into perspective with like what we were talking about earlier too. Like kind of like the generations and right. and all that. Like it's almost I feel like a little bit like that. Like you kind of have like the older folk and like the law or whatever. Right. And. Maybe us, like, you know, then in like in the New Testament and, you know, going into different things and like you kind of have that middle ground where it's like, what is it? You're, you're, you know? Yeah, you're, you're definitely getting into like that chapter in John, John 3. In the beginning, he's talking to Nicodemus and it's somebody he's like, it's almost like he's trolling him. He's like. How is it that you, the the teacher of Israel, you know, the one yeah. of the highest, the most regarded professor of Israel, of, of he's the like rattling off all his credentials, yeah, like PhD, like yeah, yeah, he's letting him know, like, dude, you don't even get this. Like, yeah. I'm I'm here teaching you, and like, it's it's something, you know, it's worldly, you know, 
analogies and whatnot. He's like, how are you going to understand heavenly or spiritual things? Yeah. Like you're saying, like that was then that was the, the first part of the chapter, like, you know, totally like trolling the guy. Yeah. You know, to use our modern, yeah. modern terms. <laughs> and then he's going, like you're saying, he's going into some, uh, Samaria and talking to this woman at the well, which by the way, was taboo for a, yeah. a, a, a man to speak by himself with a woman. The woman. You know, out in the open, out in public, like that, like that. He's breaking so many rules. Like yeah. he's, he's he just one Patrick. He broke like <laughs> yeah. three, four rules. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like you said traditions or customs that that were um, not acceptable at the time. Yeah, know, for, for whatever reason, culturally. Um, yeah, because that definitely has to has to happen today. It has to happen with us and and even even us as Christians, even us that are our faith. That's kind of the point too. Is that your mind has to be at some point it's going to get blown again. It's going to get blown again and again and again because that's just a part of faith. That's part of our um, what's the word I'm looking for? Redempt? No process no. for process. Yeah, but what, there's a word for it. Oh my goodness, blanking here. Re- uh, re- renewing. Yeah, yeah, but keep going. Justification and sanctification. There you go. Sanctification. That's a, that's part of the sanctification process that Nicodemus had to go through. Like him being the teacher, him being the PhD, and him not totally understanding what was going <laughs> going he, on at the he, time. He was like the professor, right? That was sitting in his ivory tower, and the student that came out of high school was like, "Hey, bro, like the, an educated guy, yeah. the, the guy that was just a carpenter from an <laughs> unknown, you know, place in northern Israel." I got to teach you the things that you think you know, and it's funny cuz the word came to the word that that came to mind was counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. Many times the things that you know that need to that need to produce the outcome we want needs to be uh we need to go through the process that looks more counterintuitive. Like that looks like that doesn't seem right. It's it's as though I don't know if there's an example I can think of, but let's say when he when Jesus went through to to be tempted by Satan, it, that like you would think that's counterintuitive. Why would you, why would Jesus decide be called to go into the in temptation and and fast for forty days and nights and and have all these different trials and tribulations? Like why would you need to go through that to discover? Um, who you are basically like you why why would that make sense and I think in that light it's the same it's the same process of um, healing on Saturdays it's it's the same idea that that is played out over and over again it's very counterintuitive when you think about the traditions and customs right it's 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 like you're saying the the elders are holding on to the to their traditions but not realizing that that system needs to be updated and it's for them it's counterintuitive to see that there's a new system or a new a rebirth of those traditions and customs that need to be updated like the phoenix and whatnot it's almost like new software right yeah like on a computer yeah. well and we were just talking about it in john 3 and that's that's exactly what he says about the holy spirit in verse 8 the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Exactly hitting on what you're saying. Like we're trying to trying to put it in a box or we have an idea or we have a a desire, so to speak of where we think, how we think it's going to happen, where it's going to go, you know, in our renewal process or in our our journey to faith or our walk. 
And then when you, when we let go, like they say, let go and let God, it becomes something mm-hmm. entirely different, something else that we didn't even envision, that we didn't realize at the time maybe, but in God's hands, it's definitely, it's, it's going to take us where we need to be. That's true. I feel like I kind of went through that myself. Like, you know, you always think like, well, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to get to this. Yeah. I'm going to win the lottery. <laughs> and then this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. By match, I'm going to get this car. I'm going to yeah. do this. And I'm going to do that. And, you know. And then here comes God. And he's like, well, no. He has a sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. Guy does. I mean, yeah. Can't lie. But it's true. Like, th- that happened to me. Like, you know. I feel like I had, like, kind of, like, what I wanted to do. And, like, you kind of have, like, your list of things you got to check off. And and that's just how you kind of put your life into perspective, I guess you can say. And then God has like something else in mind and you don't have a choice because at the end of the day, God's going to do what he wants to do. Either you like it or you don't like it. And that's just what's going to happen. You know, you have to be, in other words, you have to be rugged, not rigid. There you go. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to use that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. No, but it's true. Like, yeah. You know, with myself, like I, you know, you think maybe at some point of your age, you're going to be somewhere, you're going to be doing specific thing, you know, like me, I was like, you know, by this age, I'm going to be married. And, you know, by this age, you want to have your kids and you want to do this and you want to do that. And then God's like, well, you know, I don't want that for you. You know, I want this other thing for you and I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And we kind of have to just trust. And it's hard because, at least for me, it was. like It's hard for you to kind of trust when you don't, especially when you don't see anything happening. You know, you kind of just like look and you're like, well, you know, like where do I go from here? There there goes one of my questions that I was going to ask you as far as like, where do you see the rugged gospel moving forward? or, Or what is it? What's your vision for the future? But like you just said, like it's whatever God has in store for you. It's whatever you're, or at least you're open to it. You're open to that process, that discussion. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I do want this to go wherever God takes it. You know, if he wants me to stop, then I'll stop. If he wants me to take it somewhere else, then I take it somewhere else. As for like what I want to do with it. um, I would say, what would be your prayer if you were to pray on, the 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 journey that you would have with the rugged gospel well there's two main things like kind of like uh, just thinking about it like i've thought about it before and just thinking about it now it's like that probably the next step that i would want to take is kind of what you guys are doing um i really like enjoy like podcasts that like have interviews um because you kind of like get to see and like hear you know from people that maybe are not just the person that's directing the you know the podcast or whatnot but you get to hear other sides of thing and you get to hear other opinions and you get to hear other things like that and it's different reading it than hearing it Mm -hmm. you know you have to kind of take the time to like have your phone or your computer or whatever you're reading on like in front of you and like just taking the time to actually read it when a podcast you can kind of just 
throw it on when you're in the car, when you're driving somewhere on your way to work or even when you're stuck in traffic or whatnot and you can just kind of listen. Um, so that's probably the first thing that I would want to do with it would probably like turn it into a podcast. Um, but like my end vision, I would like to do like live events. I think it would be something really cool and kind of different as well. Um, maybe not like, I don't know, nothing huge or anything like that, but just, you know, something that's live and something that like you can kind of have a conversation amongst a bunch of people, I think would be really cool on talking about the different conversations and the different topics that maybe I've touched upon before, maybe I haven't and kind of going back and forth with like questions and answers, maybe having other people on the panel, like not just me, you know, different walks of lives and, you know, different people, maybe different, uh, you know, you got the person with the PhD, you got, you know, <laughs> the different, different types of people. Yeah. Because the more different diversity that there is, then the better you can kind of answer to, to people as well. So I think those two would be like the main ones and like where I kind of wanted to, to go next. Yeah. I think the, the live event idea is certainly something that I, I've had in the back of my mind, you know, because of, uh, like there's a, the, that podcast, the portal by Eric Weinstein. He, um, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but, He's part of this intellectual dark web, which he created that name for this, these group of, um, thinkers. And, you know, he, he went out and he was in Pasadena, the ice house and he, he went out and did a live event and I don't know exactly how it went down, but I think it's interesting when you can get in front of people, uh, Jocko Willink, he has a podcast. Um, I forget what it's called now, Jocko podcast. And he went out and did live events. So I think that's, there's this, this interesting um, interplay between podcasts and live events because you want to be able to get in front of your audience. You want to hear from them directly, right? And you've heard those stories. And I wonder, you know, obviously I wonder what that would look like for you. And, and but being able to get that that direct response, I'm sure would be a lot different than hearing it, you know, maybe in an email or what have you. And I think that's, I think that's a powerful tool, a tool in that, it's 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 a means to continue to have that discussion because that's what you want to do at the end of the day, and maybe you change hearts and minds, and maybe it's people who don't agree, right? And they want to go to you directly and and have that discussion. So I think that's gonna. I, I certainly do hope that does happen because it's 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 a powerful tool that for you to be able to interact in that in that way because there's no there's no um, going around you know, face-to-face interaction like that is going to trump any tweet or Instagram post or anything like that. Cause you're going to get the authentic person and you're going to get that truthful interaction. And that's something that, you know, I hope we can all, maybe we can, we can all work towards together, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm, I definitely would hope to see that happen. Definitely. And I feel like it's almost also like it could be used as a tool to reach people too. Right. You know, you might get people here and there that don't know Jesus or, you know, are not familiar with the Bible or not familiar with all these things that we're talking about. And you can get them kind of like, you know, maybe get them thinking a little bit or get them to ask questions and you can go from there as well. And um, 
I forgot to mention another thing. It's like when you start doing things like this, right? You just like we're doing now, you can start collaborating with other people that maybe you have the same like vision or mindset on specific things. And for example, uh, at least with me, I, with this person that I told you guys uh, about when, when I uh, put out that pornography one and we kind of talked about it, we, you know, we went to get some coffee and we're just having a conversation and we had a thought of like having a live event, but not so much a live event, but more of like a gathering kind of like we were speaking about earlier for that and kind of um, having it open to people to come people that were struggling with pornography so we can help them through it pretty much and um, we're still we're still like uh, talking about it and we're still kind of working on that because it does take some time to get everything kind of together and you know but um, I think that stuff like that can also come from it you know from just collabing with other people and for example like that I feel like that would help a lot of people you know we talked about even uh, maybe putting out like an ebook kind of thing like mm. maybe like a guide mm. of like how can you get through that you know through pornography and like get to the other side like steps to take and you know different things we also were talking about maybe like having um, setting them up with like an accountability partner you know so just things like that like I I would also be very open to those things like kind of like collabing with other people and like see what you can do with other people to at the end of the day it's all for God's like God's kingdom and you know like that's what we're here to do and at the end of the day I feel like that's the main goal Edify each other, yeah. encourage each other, yeah. Because I, you mentioned the ebook, and I was like, yeah, like that's so that'd be so easy. You, all you, you know, having different people, different different experiences, just as like a, even if it was just like a testimonial thing, like their journey, their process, their experience, and then just how how big of a resource that would be for for people, people you know that are struggling, people that are, you know, in the midst of that that struggle. Um, yeah, that, I like that idea. Techniques. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that's probably like, aside from those other two that I told you guys, like that would probably be, a, you know, something else that I would definitely be very open and like interested in, in kind of doing, you know, not just that, but just many other ideas that like I might not have, but like other people might have, you know, and if I can help in any way, like I'll, I'll do it, you know. Yeah. There's uh yeah, there's like this, uh, 
like in the back of my mind after getting that GoPro and I've followed some YouTubers and it, I keep mentioning it because there's something, there's something, uh, powerful about the, about telling a story and, and putting together a sequence and putting music, you know, behind the sequence and the transitions. There's something powerful about being able to, to push a message and a story across. And I think that's interesting that you say that because I think video has has its place. I think it's important, obviously, right? We watch movies, we watch YouTube videos, all those different things. And then audio has its place as well. And I, I'm thinking in part for some of the projects that you're you're trying to move forward, I think that video aspect that can really kind of show, you know, you can visualize that for those who are more visual learners or want to be able to see that in real time. You know, I think that's that's going to be interesting to see if that can play yeah, a part in that. That's definitely something I had in my mind too, like kind of, you know, throwing out like a podcast and the video right at the same time, like kind of like, how we're doing here like you're you know you have you're interviewing the person or or whatnot and but at the same time you have a camera set up and you're almost really talking to the camera you know instead of the people that are in front of you or you know having a conversation but with the camera right next to you and just like you said some people are more visual some people are better just by hearing you know so i think putting kind of those two different things out there can can definitely, um, you know, reach more people, I guess you can say. Oh, yeah, because Gabriel and I had talked about um, these two two individual friends that we know that had an idea of uh, starting their own, like, video series where it's mostly politically based, I believe, but they have, um, you know, similar backgrounds, but their whole point of, of their show would be to interview people out on the street about just different, different topics. But you mentioning that, and, and I don't know why it, it made me realize or made me think of like the like the stereotype with like the crazy street preacher, you know, on the corner oh, yeah. with the bullhorn <laughs> <with the> <laughs> and he's like, you know, saying stuff. But I think it would be a different like a different dynamic of people that do have that um, ministry or that that gift to to be able to record that, you know, from d- different people from different walks and how they go about it. And and. Like somebody like me, like I, I don't, I don't consider myself somebody who's like really strong with like evangelism. Like I, I'm just, I don't have that kind of like boldness. Like it's more of like a, I guess you could say like one on one, like personal. Like if I, I have to have a relationship with you already to 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 um, say something. But anyways, I think that even just that would be really interesting to watch. Like how somebody approaches, you know, evangelism. What is it that they say or, or ask or do, and like even in, in that sense, like like for me, you know, from my own experience, like it's always happened for whatever reason. It's always happened to me with Spanish speakers, and like my Spanish isn't great, like I'm not fluent or anything like that. But for whatever reason, like the the times or the moments that I've had to speak to somebody or like it just comes up, you know, in a, in a hospital waiting room or what have you, it's like. It's always in Spanish, but I'm always like, man, like if 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 I could see it, you know, if I could experience it like through through audio visual video, if I could see that, you know, I would, that would definitely be like a learning tool, a learning experience to just to kind of capture that. 
I don't know. Obviously, not sure they really came to mind. I was like, Mucho, take it easy. You got to put in shoehorn uh, Nacho Libre. Yeah, there's a way to do it. And that was my that was my end. No, yeah, but I just think like even a project like that would be like, at least for me, just really interesting to watch because I know, you know, got to use everybody differently, you know, uniquely. But I know like actually being able to witness that and see that would actually um, encourage a lot of different people too. Yeah, for sure. Because you're de- you're gonna see the good, and you're gonna see the good, the bad, and the ugly of what that looks like. Yeah, of approaching people out on the street, like it's very different. Have you heard of the gospel, or do you know that Jesus loves you? Why is it that Jesus loves you? And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like you, like just going out there and just like talking to random people about it. Like I'm just like oh, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to do that a few times growing up. I think. One time in junior high, one time in high school, and I was just like so nervous. I'm like, dude, like this is not me. Like this is so not like, you know, handing out like pamphlets and like inviting them to like a service or whatnot. Yeah, it's definitely a definitely a learning experience. But you definitely realize at the end of the day, you realize like it's not about me. Like it's about somebody. Like it might I might hand out like 50 different flyers to 50 different people, and maybe it's just one person that needed to see that or was open to it but and i mean at the end of the day jesus did it right right (laughs) so it's like oh well we kind of had to do it right but i'm like i said i'm more like you're like i'm more of like i want to build a relationship with this person and i feel like jesus did kind of both you know like he Mm. would he would speak to just a random person but he i feel like would also kind of build relationships and that's easier, at least for me, you know, to just begin in that way. And it's kind of like, I guess it's just a different technique of like evangelism. Because mm-hmm. I, I feel like it, it is still evangelism. It's just like a different technique or a different like approach to it. And I feel like it's almost like transition to that. I feel like in a, in a kind of in a way, like more people are doing that now than actually like going and knocking on people's doors and and kind of just doing it in that way. I feel like it's still being done, but you know, I kind of been thinking about that too. I'm like, maybe thinking about like writing something like that. It's like on evangelism, like, and how it's like changed and I guess transitioned. And I look, I look up a lot in, um, I don't know if you guys heard of Barna group. Mm, no, kind of a little bit. Um, I first heard of it when I actually, uh, wrote the first like series that I put out about, it was called church sucks. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that title got some talk to you. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> that one, like, you know, like I, I kind of started looking into, into them and like they do a little research. Mm. So like they'll take and like, they'll ask a bunch of different, like, I don't know, 50,000 people, the same thing. And then they get like percentages and different things from it. And it's all like Christian based. Nice. So it's it's really cool. You guys should like check it out. I get a lot of the information from from there as well. And I think they actually have something um on what you're we talking about. They have a lot of different a lot of different things, like from politics to I was just reading about like how the church um like has it's like on the decline, like how it's been going down like year by year and 
why it's going down and then right. like they go into different generations like millennials gen z like they go into a lot of that and they give you like different um percentages by generations and like so it's it's really good um but we kind of have to i guess it's the church to kind of look into that and like see where the church is at kind of like the state of the union that we just had Right. right. For, yeah. For state just of like the church, that. Yeah. The state of the, they actually like in, in this group, like they put that out. Wow. Like they literally called it the state of the church for 2019 or whatnot. Is it specific for the U.S. or is it just specific worldwide? for the U.S.? Okay. Yeah. So it's specific to the U.S. Like they pretty much like they also go by kind of like uh, by different cities. So like they'll tell you like what cities have the most like Christian. Um. I guess it would growth like, or the, the growth yeah. or like so they get into like all the details like that's but it is cool. for for the US. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I was just gonna mention like what do you what are you seeing? Because obviously, I, I I think I remember seeing that too, like that decline, and I think that's where I saw on your blog, and it, it's interesting that we see that, but we all and at the same time on the flip side, we're seeing what we see in our society and our culture. There's this loss of morals and ethics and, you know, people are losing themselves in this like new age movement. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost, I would say I'm almost positive that they would have addressed that. And I'm sure there's something that's happening, right? Where people are less and less, people are attending church less and less. And then we're, we're, we're finding ourselves in the time and a season where people are losing like meaning in their own lives and you see the mass shootings, you see, you know, the discussion around abortion, you're seeing the discussion around, you know, you name it. And it's, and it's so divisive and it's so, you know, there's no uh, redemption. There's no, um, you know, you, you have, what's her name ripping the speech. It's like, bam, you know, it's like all these crazy things are happening. And it's like, you see the beginning when he, doesn't like reach his hand out to her yeah. and then at the end her just ripping it so it's like <laughs> okay yeah like oh, what are you adults or children over here I you know, know? And it's like you know you had that one week where it's like uh you had the state of unit address you had the impeachment trial you had um you know all these different things happening one by like day after day after day the the caucus the iowa caucus and that debacle it's like I don't know why that has anything to do with it but it's just like there's a lot of chaos there's just a lot of like yeah. stuff that's happening and and no one, many people I would say are not grounded in what I think what we find ourselves grounded in, right? Is is, is the scriptures and, and and I think that's to me been my coming to faith journey is like I don't know this this past this other life that I had this other person that I was didn't have any I didn't didn't have that foundation I didn't have anything to scaffold my life upon. And I think for me, I can see that happening across the board and around our nation. It's like, it's 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 a sad state of affairs, you know. And obviously, if alluding back to what we talked about earlier, if if we believe what God and Jesus preaches, and and once God and Jesus is involved, and I think something can come good can come out of that. And you know, I think that's what I would, you know, pray for 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 sure. Is like that's the case, you know that that God's work, you know, thy will be done on earth as in earth as is in, as it is in heaven. I think that's been one prayer that I kind of pay a little more t- 
pay more attention to just because you know that's and for what's me. happening yeah that's that's what i see and i'm sure i don't know if if, if you're going to continue touching on that a little bit more or if you're just going to be I'm w- I'm waiting for it to get a little closer to the election, but yeah, <laughs> You're gonna I think some- I definitely want to talk a little more about it. Like I feel like, especially as like it is right now, it, like in the White House, right? We have Trump on as president, and I feel like right now it's very, um, how do you put it? He's throwing Christianity out there a lot, right? Right, right. and um, which I think is good. You know, because we're Christian, right? And like, we want people to hear these things. But at the same time, I feel like, how are you backing it up? You know, like, we have to take the Bible and take the whole Bible, not just what we like or, you know. And I feel like that uh, he's not doing so good. Hmm. Like, yes, like you want maybe a prayer in schools. And I know he's been mentioning a little bit more of that. And you know, more things about the church. He's had like prayers in the White House. He's had like all these different things that are really good. Like, I think it's good for the country. But at the same time, it's like, you'll say that one day and then the next day, like, you'll just like throw out a tweet (laughs) that just like (laughs) rips somebody apart. And I'm just like, well, you just said you were like a Christian man and like you have faith in God. And like, you know, like it kind of puts God in like, a place where it's like, well, who really are you? You know? And I mean, I, I'm not judging him or like, he's not perfect. I'm not perfect either. But I feel like we need to also like kind of put that into consideration. Like when we look at him and we can't just like be blinded by him saying, oh, I'm Christian or like, or I'm praying, like, look at me, like, hmm. you know? So I think we also have to be kind of like a little bit careful with, with that. But um, aside from that, just kind of looping back to a little bit of what you said, kind of like us as Christians, like losing, like, um, what did you, what did you say exactly? Like our ethic, like like morals, right? I feel like it's happening too. And I feel like that's another reason why like that whole generation transition is not happening Mm -hmm. because a lot of the young people like are losing some of the morals. And are losing some of the main things that like we can't lose. Yeah, I think yeah for the the young people or at least I don't really consider myself young anymore, but um, there are definitely elements to that because you look at the previous generations and you we can see what they call we can see the flaws definitely like like every child no matter the age for whatever reason because we know our parents well if we know our parents well we can see. We know what they're about. We can see their flaws. And so it's easy for us to understand or say, hey, this is what you didn't do. Or this is what you didn't say. So you're looking at it from a political standpoint. Like that's, um, I definitely had that process, the 2016 election with Trump versus Hillary, where I was like, uh, I don't like either of you guys. And this, like, this is really hard for me to like, you know, choose one or the other. But I really had, a, for me anyway, I had to personally go through um, a process of of allowing scripture to make up my mind where yeah. I was like I think this is you know I see this point I see that point but politically speaking I, I had to reconcile what I was seeing what I was hearing with okay this is what I think or this is at least what I, I think I believe but 
what does scripture say? Like, yeah. what is where where does what I think politically where does it land scripturally? So I think like you're saying, like we have to do that. Like politically, we have to do that in all things and, and allow allow that to happen. But really quick, I just want to really quick. I want to just get to uh, the state of the church. I think that's yeah. a good way good way to put it. Um, if you've ever, I don't know if you ever listened to stuff you should know. It's a podcast. I haven't, but they essentially cover every topic and subject. But they actually covered why Pentecostalism is on the rise. Oh man, it is. <laughs> it's on the rise, and it's interesting because we were talking. We we're just talking about like the country, the nation, the state of like the union, and how things are going here. But they, they, the way that they quantified it, or the way that they labeled it, was it's because of what's happening in the southern hemisphere, in South America and Africa. So it's like it's interesting that we have our own perspective, like as a country and as a nation, like what's going on here with Trump, Democrats, and whatnot. But at the same time, it's like. Like we're saying, like we have to think outside of the box, like, like radically, you know, like the way Jesus did. It's like, this is what's going on here, but then what's going on everywhere, in, else. everywhere else? How is the, the Holy Spirit working in, in those, in those communities or in those nations and those countries? And um, anyway, just wanted to. Sorry, I know I, I kind of circled back, but That's I just true. thought like, like everything's going on here, and like, oh, you know, you know what. Because we talk, we do talk about that within the church, like the second coming and the rapture and whatnot. And we think, like, in the, at least in the U.S., because of of how this country was established, you know, with the Bill of Rights and whatnot, the Constitution. And we realize, like, no, like that kind of persecution is not going to happen to us in the church. We we think in the terms of the U.S., but then obviously you look at the Middle East, you look at China, and there are Christians there that are being persecuted, that are struggling. You know, they're already going through through a form of tribulation, not the, no, not the great tribulation, but yeah. at least like a preview of what's to come, like in that setting or in that. Sorry. I know I totally just, no, no it's, it's all good. good. <laughs> it's all Keep it going. <laughs> yeah. It's all track, but, um, but yeah, definitely like, I know you and I gave, but we want to get into the politics maybe as we get closer to election season. But yeah, that's, that's yeah. definitely a conversation that, cause I hear like, I have like friends and, and cousins that get into it, and I told Gabe this that I'm not a Trump guy, but I understand why people are a Trump guy. But yeah. for the most part, at least I guess that's just how I get my you know. For for me anyway, that's how I get to have fun. Is if I know you're pro Trump, I'm going to challenge you on being pro Trump. If you're yeah. anti Trump, then I'm going to challenge, challenge you. you for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because like you said, like there's it's what we should do. Yeah, we so we should do, and and. And I'll, again, going back to like iron sharpens iron, because even like for me politically, like I can see that, yeah, there are there are some aspects of Trump that that for me anyway, I realize I'm like, look, you guys that are complaining about Trump, the reason why you have Trump is because you guys weren't listening to one side. You only you were only listening to one side of the country, one part, one half of the country. And there's this total, you know, cause they make fun of the what is it? The flyover states. Yeah. Like those. The like, I think, like Bill Maher said something to that regard, like. We should just kick them out. Like they don't count. The the the, the cities or the counties that count are you know on the coast. They're yeah. East Coast, West Coast. Like the big cities, big metropolitan. That's what what really matters. Like all the the other people, they're just the rural people. They're dumb. They don't understand. Like, but but yeah, like just um. Anyways, yeah, just thinking. Of well, look at 2016. <laughs> right. right, they mattered. <laughs> yeah, they put them in office. You know. Yep. Yeah. yeah, like you know, it was the. 
the West and the East do, but you know, because that's what I hear the like a lot of different political analysts, even that again that they're not pro-Trump, they're not anti-Trump, but they're just pointing out what it is, and they're like. The reason why he keeps winning, the reason why you guys keep getting upset is because you guys, for you know, the, the people on the left or Democrats, it's because you're not listening. Like, you think you have your enemy figured out, mm-hmm. but you don't. You actually don't have him like figured out You're not because you're not listening. You just don't want to be a part of a conversation, and you're just forcing your way to get what you want, whether that's yeah. Kavanaugh, whether that's you know, Trump's impeachment, like... Or whatever, Smollett. like another hundred things you want to put on there, like <laughs> Jesse Smollett. Is he talking Smollett? About? When Dave Chappelle was like, "You hear about this Smollett guy?" <laughs> <laughs> I swear, when he started saying that name, I was like, "Who's he talking about?" And then he got into it. I was like, "Oh." At this point, you can't even keep up. Like, yeah, it's just no, left and just, right. There's just so many because, things. Because like, even yeah, because even like I mean, you see all the time. Like you see people that are on the left, or there are Democrats, and they're like, "I've had it. I've had it with the Democratic leadership, and I'm voting Trump because." Of what, how they're going about yeah. it, you know, how they're they're behaving or whatnot, and and people, yeah, people get totally lost in the shuffle. Is that the word? Scuffle, shuffle. But um, yeah, it's definitely when you when you do have an open conversation, like, like yeah, I think like we're doing today, like you're doing on, on your blog. But when you do have that open conversation and you are exchanging ideas, and you're definitely, as Gabe likes to put it, you know, if you're seeking truth. You know, that's that's yeah. really you have to be humble enough and open enough to to land where where God leads us. Yeah. And you have to realize that, like, <laughs> at this point, both sides are wrong. Like, you know, you have what they're supposed to be doing. They're not doing either side, right. which is work for the people. Like, yeah. Like, that's why I tell like tell Gabriel with with the left. I'm like, look, you either believe in the Constitution or you don't. Because yeah. if you don't believe in the Constitution, then we're playing by different rules, and this country is going to be a totally different thing. Yeah, it's 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 gonna it's gonna it's no longer gonna gonna exist the way we we see it or the way we think that we see it. Yeah, I think we also have to like keep in mind like the country wasn't always perfect. It's never yeah, it's never perfect, right? You know, and it will never be. Like we have to see like okay, like if we go back to slavery and. You know, you have all that. You have all that behind this country as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we have to be careful in what we go and like what we do from now on as a country. And I feel like right now it's so like divided, you know, yeah. you can't even talk about it openly. Like, because most people just fight. They can't just sit down and like, just have a normal conversation about it and like, you you know say what you believe or what you think and then you let the other person speak and hear them out and kind of have just a normal you know conversation with them and i think it was who was it jack i'm gonna botch his last name but he's a pundit political pundit but the way he put it was um the reason why we're so divided part of the reason why we're so divided anyway is because one side wants to be judged on their intentions and the other side wants to be judged on the past, what they've already done in the past. They're not looking ahead. They're not looking forward. They want to keep things the same. And the other side's like, we're we're better people because we we want you know justice or we want whatever whatever it is that they're looking for. But um, but like you're saying, yeah, it's we're not having the conversation. Yeah, and we're, they we're aren't not, either. <laughs> yeah, like we're. Yeah. Before I'm an American, I'm a Republican or I'm a Democrat, and then maybe I'm an I'm an American. Like it's yeah. it's in that lopsided order. That's true. 
it's that tribalism that everyone wants to you know you want you want to fit in your tribe and you don't want to yeah you want to belong exactly yeah that's it you know and it goes back to the the sadducees and the pharisees that's their tribe and they wanted to hold that tribe together and they, they, they win. Don't, yeah and they want they wanted to win they, they, want the power. they don't want no one coming in and messing things up for them and Jesus said, nah. <laughs> like that? That's the New Testament, everyone. Nuh-uh. No, that's where, that's where he caught him. Where he was talking about, um, in three day, I'll destroy this temple in three days, build it up again. And they were looking at the physical. They were looking at the physical aspect of like, it's taking us Everybody years. Set up and, what did you say? Yeah, it's <laughs> taking us years to build this temple. What are you talking about? Mucho take it easy. <laughs> no, it's true. Like, just going back, you know, to... The whole Republican and Democrat like society is just honestly it's a mess right now I feel like and if we like as the people want to move the country forward it's like we're gonna have to like unite a little bit more you know yeah and have them actually you know kind of it's not much I feel like that's another thing too like people feel like they can't really do much you know, because it's like you have those people in power and like those people are the ones that talk and you're kind of left off like, like, what am I supposed to do? You know, like, what can I actually do? The only thing you can really do is go to your. Go to the people that are in charge for your state and then that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So people like the actual people like tend to maybe not have so much of a voice when it comes to politics, you know. Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know what to say, but other than thank you, Jesus, we really, really appreciate you coming on and where can people find you in your blog? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you go Instagram, the rugged gospel or, um, well, the website is a rugged gospel, the rugged gospel.com. So there I have all the, the blogs that I've written before and, on my Instagram, you can kind of see them there too. I'll have the link to the most recent one. Um, so feel free to go under and follow and comment. And either it is to to say, cool, you're you're good, you're right, or to tell me I'm wrong, <laughs> like I'm okay with it, you yeah. know. So um, definitely go under and uh, see it for yourself. And I, I, I want to hear back, you know. That's the main thing, like. That's that's what I'm striving for, and that's what I want. I want people to have the conversations. I want people to challenge me, like you know, like you you said, I'm gonna challenge this person, this person, like the same way. Like I'm up for it, you know, and um, it's what we're supposed to do. And yeah, thank yeah. you guys for for having me. Thank you for joining us. Okay, I'm gonna go check it out, and uh, thanks for meeting us at the crossroads. Definitely. You are listening to Gabriel and Lee at the Crossroads.